Hello, my name is Sheila and I would like to welcome you to my podcast All About You. I love to listen to podcasts and especially conversations with famous people. However, I think everyone has a story to tell. Maybe a place you have visited, a hobby you enjoy or anything that you feel would be of interest. I want to have conversations with lots of different people and hear their stories. So if you have a story to tell, please contact me on my email allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com. So Cameron, welcome back. Welcome back. The saga continues. No, no, not a saga at all. It's been absolutely fascinating. So we're sitting here, we've got our nice hot tea again. And uh, Cameron, right, let, let's go on to the final part of your story. <laughs> and I'm interested to see where this is going to go. It's like Star Wars, isn't it? No, like it's one, fabulous. Two, no, 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 no. I fell asleep in the cinema in the original Star Wars. So no, this is nothing like Star Hopefully Wars. Hopefully no one's fallen asleep for this. Um... <laughs> So we got to the February of that year. I'd done all that year before I'd been... Actually, saying it all back out loud, I realised how mental it was. When I was living it, it didn't probably seem quite as crazy. But And I got, a me- I got an email to say, hey, would you like to come and join the cast of Mamma Mia? Oh my God, Mamma Mia, Amber, that yeah, Mamma yeah, Mia. that Mamma Mia. Oh my God, the Mamma Mia. So they'd taken Chicago off the allure and they'd replaced it with Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, I'd always wanted to kind of do. It wasn't like a dream show, but it was a look like a lot of fun. So this is Mamma Mia on the, the, the On the same ships. ship. Yeah, on the same ship. Two years later. So I think, okay. I think, yeah. Do you know what? I've not got anything keeping me in London. I need some money. I needed to do a bit of self-discovery in, yeah, a, in yeah. a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to do a bit of, of digging and... and that the year before I'd left quite a few little issues that needed to be looked at and fixed. And everyone says, if you go on a ship, you're running away from something. And I genuinely, 80% that is the case. Most really? people who work on a ship are running from something, whether that's a bad relationship, a bad family, not working in London, whatever that is. A lot of people are running from something. Because when you're on a ship, you're locked away. I mean, you, you are in this me. bubble, your food's bubble. provided, your accommodation, you don't have to worry about bills. There's no consequences for your actions. Yeah. So that was the February I, I accepted. And then two days later, I get another email from All or Nothing. Hey, we're opening in London. Uh, we're opening at The Vault, which is another uh, kind of fringe theatre near Waterloo. Mm-hmm. We're going for a three-week run. We open beginning of, middle of March, and my contract for Mamma Mia began at the beginning of April. So it all fitted in perfectly. Stars aligning. Um, so I was like, boom, this is wonderful. So two I'm gonna, random things at the same time. I'm going to choreograph all or nothing, and then I'm going to go and do Mamma Mia, and by the time I come back, hopefully, we'll be in a better place. Yeah, financially. Financially, so... I do Mamma Mia, I do All or Nothing, I had to cast three brand new girls for the show. I was now suddenly the other side of a table, yeah. having to go, I really love her, but my best friend auditioned and I didn't give her the job. I couldn't give her the job. Oh my she just God, wasn't quite that right. must be horrendous. Yeah, they probably horrendous. think they've naturally got the job. Yeah, I'm very lucky. I had one friend who, I I was looking for something very specific. Girls who were no bigger than probably 
four foot something. They had to be quite tiny, very little, looked like they were from the 60s. So it cut out a lot of people. Yeah. And there was a few exceptions in the room because we were filling lots of different roles. I had a few friends in there who assumed they'd get the job because they knew me. Um, I also put my best friend in the room, as I do with every audition. I always put someone in the room I know who knows they're just auditioning for the point of it. So when everyone goes outside, they yeah. listen and hear, well, were you a bit, are you really that nice? Are you? Because everyone's lovely in an audition. Yeah. They can't tell you how wonderful you are. So you have like a little mole. Yeah, yeah, always. Oh, that's a bit scary. And my other best friend did held the audition for me, taught the choreography, because I wanted to be able to watch how people learn, because we had a really quick time to do it. So we opened in, yeah, we opened at the vaults. What went from, I think, a three-week run turned into a six-week, eight-week run, and it was going on to a UK tour. All from this, the show went down really well, the girls were amazing. I'll never, I've, I've had, since then, I called them the modettes. Since then, I've had four or five different sets of them. But that first set will always be very, very special. I choreographed some, some of my, I'm going to, this sounds very egotistically discovered, some of my best work I've ever created. I don't think I'll ever create something better than some of those routines. And then I had to have all the medicals again, ready to go on the ship. So all this was happening, like, it was a bit of a high and low again. It was kind of that, wow, this is amazing, but I'm leaving all this behind, but I'm going to do a new adventure and I can't wait. And um, my medal came, came back and I had a, they found a shadow or something on my lung. It's, it's, there was something there that they couldn't work out what it was. Well, you have to have a clean medical to be able to join the ship or a letter from a doctor to say, this is actually this, it holds no threat. Yeah, so we found this, but it's not. But they didn't know what this was. Mm. I don't know if you've ever had a child to have a, a CT scan privately. No. Well, you need is that a, when you go in the big sausage yeah, yeah. machine well, and it a, makes a big noise? Yeah, well, you need about eight grand to be able to do it privately, which obviously I did not have. And so I emailed the office in, in Miami and said, hey, we've got a problem. They won't pass my medical and I can't afford a private scan. And you had to go privately because you need to get it done quick. Yeah, so I'd gone to Harley Street to get the medical because there's only so many places that they approve. Oh, right, okay. So all of that had been done, and I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do? And then my dad, my dad's a paramedic. Oh, okay. So he stepped in and helped. We went to the hospital. I had uh, chest pain, I think, was the... Okay. Um, and they did a CT scan, and they found nothing. I had a little cyst or something, which, funny enough, my I have a little bit missing. And they think my sister has the extra little bit. Is your sister's twin. twin. Oh. Um, so all that was sorted out. But by this time, I was a week late to rehearsals. Luckily, they they were learning the show. Blue Planet was still on the ship. So luckily, I already knew that. I knew the track. So I didn't miss a great deal. But I missed that week of everyone getting to know each other. I arrived in yeah, almost two weeks late. Ten days, twelve days late. Um, on the last day of their Blue Planet rehearsals and just came in, filled what I used to do, could remember it perfectly and there was a lot of... Because they'd girl? already made their... They'd already made their clicks and friendships. Yeah. They'd been together ten days already. And then you sort of swan and in. And I kind of swan in. know what you're doing. And that started probably a quite difficult contract as for us as of making friends and 
and being understood. I was quite angry at the world by this point from the year previously. I was looking back now, I was really angry at the world. Kind of was probably not a very nice person, really. So off we went, we did rehearsals, and actually I've made some of my best friends I made on that contract, but some of my worst enemies I also made on that. People who just instantly took a dislike to me and try and made my contract very difficult from the beginning. Because I'm not very good at just sitting and nodding when people are Being rude or stupid. stupid or are just lying. Just a bit, like I'm not very good at just sitting there and going. You're not very good at the poker face no, when inside your brain. I have to call it out. I can't not. Which doesn't go down with some people find that really refreshing. Some people find that quite irritating. So we were on that contract eleven months. So a long time living in this bubble. Long time living in this bubble. But before we'd flown, so we did the rehearsals in Miami and we were going around the Caribbean again. Same same route. I think there was two extra ports I hadn't been to before. We did change at some point and did a few other places, but I'd kind of done most of them before. Same ship. A lot of the same people on board, as in the captain, the, the, mm. the cast were all completely different. And then before we flew out, I met my partner, who now oh. is my partner. Then I knew him as the boy in the, in the um, toy voice jumper. <laughs> he didn't have a name. <laughs> so you do a show at the end of the... Before you go onto the ship, you do a thing called an office run, where the office watch and basically say, yeah, you're good enough. No, you need to... You're fired. And they have been known to fire oh, people great. at office run. And I kind of poked my head out at the beginning, look who's watching. And I said to my friend Emily, oh, that guy in the, the uh, turquoise jumper is quite cute. Little did I know, he was saying to his friend next to him, the guy in the bandana is quite cute. Ah. So we had a week of getting to know each other. We went on a few little dates. But we kind of knew that was, well, it was a week. I was leaving. He was going to Asia. So my partner is a singer. He was going to Asia on a ship. I was going to the Caribbean. It was kind of like a, yeah, great to meet it you. It was going to be a later. long distance. Yeah, it was never going to be a long distance. It was never going to over, what, three cups of coffee in Starbucks and a, and a movie. It was never going to be... Well, that's what I thought, anyway. I sit here four years later. Yeah, that kind of grew. We didn't speak for probably a month or two. He was doing... He was in Asia. And then we talked more and more, and we talked more and more and more and more, and, and his contract finished in, in Asia, and he flew to Miami, spent a week with me on the ship, and the rest is history. But yeah, that Mamamiya contract was, was interesting. It was, I loved Mamamiya. I can't listen to other music quite the same now, but it was a great show. It was a fantastic show. The audience is up on their feet and everyone is just so happy. And it's the easiest show to be a part of, <laughs> secretly. It really is. You come on and begin, you do act, begin of act one, you move a table or something in the middle, of, and then you do it at the end of act one, do the beginning of act two, move another table and the finale. It's really easy body-wise where Chicago was hard work, mentally and physically. So I had a lot of time on that ship to kind of think what I want to do next. Was Contemplate your navel. Yeah, was the, com was the company going to produce any more shows? What, what were we going to do? What was I going to do with this newfound romance? What, what yeah. was it? So Jesus came to visit. My partner's called Jesus, but I call him Jesus. <laughs> As he introduced him to me on the first day. Hi, I'm Jesus. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Um, and I, well, I ended up producing another show in, in London, Weight Watchers the musical, it's called Fat Busters the musical because we couldn't call it Weight Watchers but it was the same concept, 
So then it was a choice. Then I had the choice, what do I do now? So the relationship is going well? The relationship's going well. I mean, it started. I think there's a diff- that's the big difference between English and Spanish people. Spanish people meet someone and they know they're going to spend the rest of their life with them. English people, it's very much, well, this is it until it's not it. Or, or something else happens. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, well, this is what it is for now. He's great. But he was Spanish. He lived in, he lived in Valencia. What, and although he had lived in London before, he was kind of over that thing. As was I. So what do we do now? So bits and bobs happened. We, we kind of spent three weeks here in Valencia. Then we spent three weeks at home. And I would do odd bits of teaching. And he'd do odd bits of work and whatever. But it became a bit... You need you work. need to find something more permanent. Yeah, it became, where are you going to live? What are you going to do as a, a day to day? Hard work, and it was affecting us as uh, we couldn't do it. We wouldn't do it for much longer. And then I, and then I got a phone call to say all other things opening in the West End. But two weeks before that, we'd signed a contract to do a ship together, which left January, and all other thing was opening in the West End in February. So it was it was a tough pill to swallow. It was kind of deciding if I didn't do that ship with Jesus, we weren't going to last. And at this point, I was in head over heels in love with him, and, and I did want to spend my life with him. Or I do all or nothing. I might get a few credits and a few stars in a newspaper, but that's not your personal that's life. Not that's my your personal career. Life. And that and those when I'm on my Jesus often says to me, when you're on your deathbed, who's going to be there? Yeah, this is what I call a head and a heart decision. It was a head and a heart decision. Yeah, but the problem was it was kind of almost two heart decisions because. That was my dream. Yeah, your passion. On, on the West End was my dream. It was yeah. all I'd ever wanted. But I soon realised that I could still do that. It would still have my name to it. And I could put a team in there that I knew was going to recreate it. As it was. So the original girl came back as my associate choreographer. My best friend, Emily, who is one of the most talented dancers I have ever, ever seen, took on the lead dance role. So I knew I was safe. I knew my choreography was safe. I knew I was kind of okay. I kept on FaceTime every day. I would, so I'd finish my rehearsals in Miami and then I'd go on FaceTime and check everything was okay. They'd send videos and and it all worked. Show opened in the West End at the Arts Theatre in the February. It ran for two, three weeks and then was moved to the Ambassadors, which is a much bigger theatre. Dream come true. I had, my best friend went for me on press night. Brian May had stopped her and said, I know you're the friend of the choreographer. That choreography was incredible. So Brian May from Queen, if Brian you're going to do a bit Queen, name dropping. A bit of name dropping. Um, a, a choreographer friend of mine, who I really admired, went and said, I don't really watch much of the show. I was just watching your choreography. I find it really interesting. But you weren't there. I wasn't there. And that oh was, my God. That will be forever. Not a regret is a strong word because it's not a, a wish, regret. A wish you had been there. A wish of Teleported things, for one night. A wish things had just aligned slightly, slightly differently. differently yeah um because that contract that me and jesus did was hard i ripped both hip flexors i was in a show that i didn't particularly love um with a cast that i didn't particularly love it was a tough it was a tough contract i saw some incredible places because that one went to the mediterranean and we went on to greece and it was stunning but was it the dream contract? No way. So if you had been given the opportunity at that time to be t- teleported to London, where oh, was, would you would have just in, in, a, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And it's really difficult for anyone else to understand that. It was really difficult, I think, for Jesus to understand. But why don't you want to be here? I'd, it was really, It was a really difficult moment. So we did that contract, and then I said, right, I'll move to Valencia then. 
I can't live in the UK. We don't want to live in London, so let's move to Valencia. And had you ever been to Spain before? I'd been a couple of times to visit, but I'd never really been here other than a t- as a tourist, if that yeah. means, you know what I mean. So I said, I'll, I'll move. In the January 2019, I'll, I'll move. Because I, I had other things going on. I said, in January 2019, I'll move there and we'll just have to make it work, won't we? So I, my first six months here were really difficult. I struggled with the language. I struggled not feeling lonely. I struggled not having a purpose. Because I'd gone from Cameron the choreographer or Cameron the dancer or Cameron the producer to Cameron the boyfriend of Jesus. That, and that didn't sit very well. I just I had no purpose here. I can relate to that I, because when we came here, my husband had a job. We arrived, he trotted off to work. I was in a country, you know, ba- very basic language. But as you say, you don't have a job. And, and, and I, I remember sort of going into the centre of the city, you know, as a treat on a Friday, take myself out for lunch, have a wander around the city. They're going off and doing their thing. So for them, they've, they've got a routine to their day. But when you haven't and you don't know no anybody, you've got no activities and it's like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. yeah. And it was a bit... Jesus has, has some incredible friends that welcomed me with open arms and luckily they all spoke English and and I became one of the gang quite quickly. But at the same time, it was really difficult. I didn't have my friends. I didn't have my support network here. I didn't... And at that time I knew enough, but I still was a bit kind of... I still had that kind of foreigner fear of going in and asking for a coffee and people just laughing at you. And, and I think to a certain extent that that, that doesn't leave you. No, you I know, I don't think you it does. You are living in a foreign country and it doesn't matter what level of language you've got or how long you've been here. You know, I guarantee every day somebody will not understand you over something. Yes, you know, it's mine's huge... normally asking for a tea. I don't understand how two letters can have so I have a problem with beer and tea. And I've had this conversation so many times in Spanish. But no, you say, say this and you say it to your ear. It sounds like the they same. go, no, 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 no. It's, it's just crazy. I think it's just one of those things. Yeah, yeah, I've slowly started to give up. <laughs> I've just started to ask yeah, for just, a cola. Yeah, you just drink coffee now. I've just asked for a cola because it's just easy. Um... So it got to the summer, and I said to Jesus, I have to do something. I have to do something. I'm going to try and teach classes. So what type of classes were you I'm going to say, I'm going to teach a, an adult jazz class. Oh, right, okay. I'd been doing them in London before. They'd worked really well. I really enjoyed doing them. I didn't want to teach kids, because I didn't want that commitment straight away. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. And my Jesus says to me, I'm going to support you whatever, and you know I will, but I don't want you to feel disappointed because I can't, he knows that I can very quickly, I put everything into something, and if it doesn't go the way I wanted, it, I feel like it's an attack on me personally. So he was like, I will support you 100%, but I'm not sure there's enough expats. Because you were going to teach in English. Here, yeah. So I was going to teach in English. He had to make that work. So I said, okay, well, I... I can try. If it doesn't work, I just chalk it up to experience and probably look at retraining and doing something online, digitally or something like that. So out I go on these little expat Facebook. So Valencia has, it's a very strange place, unlike anywhere else in the world, that their Facebook communities are still really strong and especially the expat community. So I put on that little quote, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Would anyone be interested? I'm going to do a trial class September 26th, here, see you there. Well, 22 people turned up. And Jesus, I remember Jesus walking in going, 
Oh, uh, okay. Um, so he didn't. He expected to walk in and you'll be and there, be like me and twiddling five your people. fingers. Yeah. Because I'd done one on the Friday night and one on the on a Saturday morning. The Friday night had only been ended up being like five people, and the Saturday morning people just kept appearing in the studio, and that was the birth of what is now Bilove and Cameron. Then Bilove and Cameron didn't have a name. It was just adult dance classes. Because Bilove means to dance. dance. Yeah. So then it was just adult jazz classes. So we did those every Saturday. And people would come and, and I finally had a purpose. I finally, I could deal with the rest of the week because on a, on, on a Saturday I had a purpose. I could do, I, people needed me to be there. And then... So we did those from September till about mid-November, and then I had Panto in the UK, so I went home to do pantomime, and then I decided from the January, right, we're going to have a logo, we're going to have a name, I'm going to do this properly. So By Look on Cameron was born, really. The logo came out, the Instagram, the Facebook, I added children's classes. So by this point, I was teaching, on a Saturday, one children's class, Little Flamingos, as I call them, three to six, my adult jazz, and then funky flamingos, which was seven to 12. And I'd started a lyrical class in the week. And what do you mean by lyrical? Lyrical is when you mash together ballet and jazz, I suppose. Okay. Um, a bit more floaty movement, but so more expressive. So it's a choreograph and, routine? Yeah, it's it? a choreograph routine, but it was just a whole different style, which again, no one was doing here. When I started, no one taught classes in, dance classes in English here. Yeah, no. And no true. one taught them how I taught them so that was the January and we were off I was adding classes left right and centre um, all my classes were really full I'd have like 23 people in a class sometimes I was loving that like I had a purpose I was busy and then Covid hit so by the time March 14th came it was I was doing really well I was really excited about what was going to happen what was coming and then Boom. The world stopped. The world stopped. But I kind of knew the world was about to stop. So my last class should have been on the, on the 14th, which is, which I think was a Saturday, mm-hmm. which I cancelled because COVID had started to get Yeah, I think we were due to go into lockdown on the Monday, but they decided no, midnight no, we're going on the Saturday. On the Saturday. So we kind of, I kind of knew, well, this COVID thing's getting a bit out of control. Maybe I shouldn't be piling 23 people together in, in one room, sweating and dancing and stuff. So I'd cancelled that class and recorded a pre-recorded video for that class. So they could still do the class online. Ah, so they could do it at home. Yeah, and I thought, we'll probably have a month of this, as did most people. And I can do this. So I began filming a pre-recorded jazz class of about 20 minutes every single day. So every day, everyone got a little video. That lasted, what I thought was going to last a month, lasted, what, three? Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks. (laughs) Exactly, twelve weeks. One every day. Yeah. And then I also did one for the kids, the babies, as well as then I started doing disco abs, little short ab exercises. And this is all on YouTube? All on YouTube. All completely free? All completely free. Stretch. So if you want to look up Bylark on Cameron on YouTube. Some of them have gone now. Now we've started back classes, but there's still stretch and stuff. And then the sit-fit classes, which were seated exercise for people like my nan, who I wanted to keep moving, but I couldn't go out. That's why I don't... For me, lockdown seems a bit of a blur, because I was busy. I was yeah, busier in lockdown than I was in normal life. 
I was filming sometimes three or four videos a day. I was teaching workshops on Zoom for people in the UK. I was filming this and that. I was really busy and it was amazing. My, the community of, we have a, a WhatsApp group and the support and love in that group over that lockdown was incredible. Checking everyone was okay. And I'd have days where I really struggled and I'd say, hey guys, I'm struggling a bit today. There will be a video, but it'll just be a bit later because I can't get myself going. And they were all so lovely. And people donated to those videos. People asked, hey, can we give you some money? Care Homes started to use the SitFit videos. There were people in China and Mexico and the videos went all over. That's amazing. Um, That's... The videos were viewed by over nearly 12,000 people. Oh my God. I mean, something that came out of the It was the only pandemic. meant to be for the 23 people of my yeah. classes. Um, yeah, it was really, it was, it was amazing. It was one of those things that I, I look back in 2020 and really smile. I, I know some people have had a horrendous year, but I actually have had a really fantastic year of connection with people and growing my business that, growing by looking my camera to what it is today and what I'm, what sat in my studio, you know, it's, so that kind of happened. Then we went, then they said, oh, you can go outside. <laughs> So I took my classes outside. And we're very lucky in the centre of Valencia City, we've got a riverbed, which there is no water in now. It's been turned into it's a beautiful, beautiful park. Beautiful park. Yeah, and there's loads of different activities going on in the um, park. And I was really dubious about going outside. I was really like, mm, like I, how do I teach outside? What, what do you mean teaching outside on grass? What? And the, a friend of mine, Catherine, said, uh, I've been teaching out, she's a fitness instructor. Um, I've been teaching outside for a while. Why don't you come down with me? I'll explain kind of the best places to go and I'll help you with a speaker and all this kind of stuff. And that was June. So we did a few classes outside up until mid-July. And then it was the summer and it's too hot here to do anything, especially dance. And, and in that period, I had seen a, an award scheme called Dance School of the Year. And you had to apply. You have to basically write down why you think you would be suitable, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to apply. Well, I've got nothing else to do. The application form, I quite enjoy writing. It was quite nice to write down what we'd achieved over the year. And we won it. Well, we came second. Silver award for, for Dance School of the Year. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I remember when you put the video out, you know, was... where you had won the award and you managed to put a little snippet out when yeah, your was, name was I mean it was and I remember the flood of messages coming in on yeah, WhatsApp on Facebook I mean I mean now you look stunned so I'm well, sure I, I, I was I re then they message you to say hey you've made it to the final so they narrowed it down and I think there was 20 finalists and I thought that's amazing I've made it to the final I'm happy because these schools were from all across the UK Canada Bahrain all across the world Australia I was like well, woohoo like, that's enough for me, I don't mind. And then they had an online kind of presentation, obviously, because no one could meet. And they announced my name, and I, I remember just looking at kids going, what? Did they just say, what? what? So you were at home watching this? Yeah, me and, me and my partner sat on the sofa with a glass of champagne each, thinking, well, <laughs> make a go of it. Um, and the week later, I kept very quiet. The week later, I announced I was opening my own studio. It was one of those whirlwind weeks. I'd known this was coming, so I came to the studio in about end of October and decided 
no, it must have been the end of September and decided, hey, I would like this place. So away, off we went, putting the new floors in, painting the wall, doing all their things and announced that. I think everyone was like, wow, there's a lot of information to take in. Um, and yeah, we opened our own studio, the space, because I wanted to create a place where not only Biden and Cameron could be, but everyone, that, that whole community thing of connection and having somewhere to, to build a community of yourself, whether you're a yoga teacher or a Pilates teacher, or join a community that already exists. Um, having rented places in Blakely, I knew the for the failures of some schools. I knew I knew what people I wanted as a as a hirer, as a teacher, to look for a place, as what I wanted to create for the community here. And here we are, here we are sat inside this wonderful little studio, which allowed me to start things like the ballet class and lyrical classes, things that I couldn't teach outside. And we now sit from my one class in September 2019, we now set up 15 classes a week from everything from ballet to lyrical to adult jazz, disco fit. Um, whether you're three or 83, there's a class for you. There is no pressure. There is no, like, you can be, you can have danced your whole life or you could never have stepped foot. You could be like you where you danced when you were younger and hadn't put on a pair of ballet shoes in years and then... Yeah, we don't need to say the number. Um, <laughs> that's what I wanted to create. I wanted to create this little bubble of of just pure happiness and positivity and I want to add a personal note to this Cameron because as you say I came along to your classes I started doing disco fit and I said to you you know are you going to be doing any other classes I said I'd like to get into band and you said yes I'm going to do ballet so I came along to your classes and I think it must have been I was about 15 when I stopped doing ballet in the UK I absolutely love ballet and I was going to take one of one of the high level exams and, and I just couldn't do it. I didn't think I could pass and, and I literally stopped doing ballet that day. And I came along to your classes and it was everything I wanted. It's, you know, it's a good sort of 40 minutes at the bar and, and that's the sort of I like. It's the technique. And then you took us into the centre and I remember we were doing some centre work and the music was just absolutely amazing. And I just burst into tears. Because for me, the emotion of the music, being in my ballet shoes, being back in the studio with an, an amazing teacher, which Cameron is, is absolutely incredible. It, it was just too much for me and I just burst into tears, put my hands over my face. You thought I'd obviously twisted my ankle <laughs> or something. And, and I just said, it's just too much. The, the emotion is just too much. And I feel now my eyes are welling up because... To, to be back in the ballet studio after over four decades to do something that I love, which, you know, a, a teacher who really knows his stuff and the community he's built up and, and the, the space we've got here, you know, we've got the bars, we've got mirrors, it's all here. It's, it's changed my life totally and I so look forward to my ballet classes. So from a personal note, Cameron, I'm welling up. I am welling up. I just want to say thank you so much so well for what you have brought to my life. And I know if we spoke to all the other people who come to your classes, regardless of their age, regardless, what you have brought to Valencia and to our lives is nothing short of amazing. And you deserve the award. You deserve all the people that support you. 
And just a huge thank you. Thank you. Thank she you. She says as she's wiping away right. the tears. Bless you. Um, <laughs> thank you. That that and that's what I want. That's what I wanted to do. I I wanted to. For me, dance has always been a way of whether it's forgetting the bullies or escaping heartache or, or whatever that is. It's always been there for me, and I. So many adults forget. They feel like, oh, we went. I went to dance till I was fifteen, and then I stopped, and I never do it again. But why? Why? Exactly. Why can? Why can a? Why can't a fifty-year-old suddenly go? Oh, do you know what? I want to learn to jazz, and I want to learn to pirouette and yeah. a kick. And why not? Why? Age is is but a number, as my nan would say to me. Age is as you're only as old as the man you feel. <laughs> Yeah, she's that kind of woman. <laughs> she sounds um, a great lady. She's brilliant. Um, and I did, I just want... I, what, and that's what I love. I I don't work a day in my life. I don't. Because I love my job. It's not a job. Because I get to dance with kids of 18 months to ladies who have never danced before and suddenly want to, to shimmy and shake. And, and I laugh every day and... I've built a community that I doesn't make me feel. I think people forget I built that community as much for me as, as anyone else. I I don't feel lonely anymore. I have this army of of people who and every single one of you, if you're listening, and every single one of anyone who danced with me over the over the lockdown, if it was online, if you're from Mexico or wherever you're from, um, you make up by look on camera. They make up. I, I am one person. On my own, I am just Cameron. They, you dancing with me and, and bringing your, people bringing their love and their laughter and their okayness with just laughing at themselves and shimmying and, and not giving, like, just don't care about, okay, I might be going right and you're going left, but no one cares. Like, that's what makes up Violet Van Cameron. That you guys are Violet Van Cameron, that, not me. Um, and I. We need you as our leader. Well, yes. <laughs> Um, well, otherwise you are just by Le Um <laughs> But and I wouldn't, I, I genuinely, I love it. And I can't wait to continue to grow and continue for more people to shimmy and shake and just smile and forget worries for an hour. It's amazing how many people say to me, I arrived and I really didn't want to come today, but especially for the disco fit, dance fitness class, I didn't really want to come and I can't be bothered. And they leave skipping and... I get a barrage of messages to say, oh my God, I, I really didn't want to come, but I can't stop smiling. I'm, I feel like energised and happy. And, and those messages mean more than anyone will ever know. So thank you. Thank you for coming and supporting and being part of this little family. And thank you to everyone else who has. Um, and if you would like to join us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook, by Lecon Cameron. You can find our website, www.bylookoncamera.com. Everything is on there. You'll be barraded with, whether it's timetables, stories of my life, which you won't need after this podcast. <laughs> You'll be able to write them about me. Um, yeah, different things. And, and I try and wait till you'll enjoy today's New Year's Eve's post. You'll see lots of videos of me just being ridiculous, really. It's what a lot of them are. Um... But yeah, I just want everyone to smile. You know, I said to you at the beginning, I think everyone needs a cheerleader in life. And I love the fact I get to do that. I love I get to 
have an hour with people who probably aren't the most confident in the world and probably don't think they're, they just think they're pretty average. And no one's average. I think everyone's incredibly spectacular. And I, get, I love the fact I get to be the one who goes, yeah, and cheerlead people on because why can't we all do that? I think if we all did that as humans, the world would be a much nicer and better place if we could all just cheer people on rather than pull them down yeah i think dance music being with other people moving your body as cameron said even if you don't want to do it come along try all the classes i mean there are so many classes we'll make sure all the contact details are on the podcast yeah and cameron can i just say thank you so much for well, I've, I've enjoyed this four-part journey with you. <laughs> the and saga that is. No, 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 it's not a saga. It's what's been an absolutely amazing journey. I've loved it. And I'm so proud to know you. I'm so blessed that I've, I've gone through this story with your highs, your lows, the heartaches, the pains, the rejections. I mean, it's an amazing career. And you're still so young. I mean, who knows what the next year, the next five years, the next decades. My body doesn't feel very young. I don't know how, I'm how sure much more is going, how much it will do. Um, no, but thank you. Thank you for allowing me to kind of... Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. four podcast absolute episodes to, to go back through the story. I don't, you don't get a chance very often to... Well, I hope, I hope you've enjoyed going I've through the journey it. with me. We've it's loved it. Thank you. amazing. Okay, well, Happy New Year, Cameron. Happy New Year. Happy 2021. Let's I know. It's... I, I, it's crazy writing it, saying it. Right. Let's see. Hope, fingers crossed fingers everything's crossed. better it's for next year. Filled with a bit more joy and oh. happiness. Oh, well, Happy New Year, Cameron. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. I hope you have enjoyed the conversation. Don't forget, if you have a story you would like to tell, please get in touch. My email address is allaboutyoupodcast at yahoo.com and thank you for listening.